I'm the only Arch 5 children that is in the business still today. All of us have worked there, but all of them got away except for me. Are you still trying to get away or are we, are we given up? Uh, we're not going to talk about that uh, <laughs> during the recording. Uh, Named one of nation's restaurant news powerless top most influential restaurant executive. Born to be a Bruce Springsteen's biggest fan. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Founder of the Restaurant Technology Guys. Marathon Trackster. Restaurant industry vet with over 27 years of experience. Oh my God, we're aging you. I'm so sorry. And Chief Revenue Officer at CBS North Star, Jeremy Julian. How are you doing, sir? I am doing fantastic. As I say often, when I'm on the opposite side of the mic, it's a little bit odd because I'm like, uh, I'm not used to this, but it's good. It's Taste fun. of your own medicine. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I don't know what's coming at me. And hanging out with you in other settings, I know that we're in for some fun. Hey, listen, that was not my idea. I know what you're referring to. And we'll talk about <laughs> we're it. We're not going to talk about it because we're being recorded and, uh, you know, it could be used against us later. So that, that, I love uh, it. I love it. So let's kick it right off. Like you were literally, you know, practically raised in the restaurant industry. Your family Absolutely. founded Custom Business Solution. You know, you've done literally every job there and grew up in the industry. We'd love to hear about that experience a little bit. I mean, and it says it on my bio. I legitimately spent summer vacations cutting out keycaps for cash registers because they used to have these little pieces of plastic that went over top of the buttons that would tell you this was a hamburger and this was a cheeseburger. And I'd use these yellow and orange highlighters to highlight the pictures. And so that was my summer vacations. And then as I grew, I would run printers out to places that failed. And my voice sounds a lot like my dad's. And this is back before cell phones. And so he would give his home phone number out. So if we weren't at the office at night, they'd call the house and sometimes they'd answer the phone at like 13, 14 years old. And these restaurant owners would start telling me about some problem that they had. And I'd have to like, excuse myself and say, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a high school kid. Let me get my dad to help you out. So that's amazing. I love it. Basically, you're the first help desk. Legitimately, before we had help desk. So our original help desk, and again, this is this is aging me and going back a long ways. Our help desk, we used to have a receptionist that would sit up the front and she had a three ply paper, like little notepad, and it had the little stickies. That, and the first copy was to hand to the first person that came in the door to call the customer back. The second copy was the control copy that Art would get every day. And then the third copy was the hard copy. And so we'd cross off the hard copy at the end of the day that we got hold of all of the customers to take care of them. So that was like back in 91, 92, yeah, yeah. so a long time ago. And that was the very first help desk. You'd hate that I do this, but I was born in 91. Oh, I'm certain. I'm I, so I know that. So <laughs> the funny thing is, is I came back in high school and in, in the summertime and then in college, and we built a Access 97 database to start tracking our service tickets because I was tired of them like being written on these sheets of paper and then handed to somebody and somebody'd lose it and not know how to get a hold of a customer. And so we built an Access 97 database. So more than one person could go look at the service tickets back in those days. Did you know you were going to be C3? Did no you idea. have ambitions? I'm going to take over for dad. I'm going to work at dad's company. What was your thought process? Anything or was it organic? It was somewhat organic. I loved working in restaurants. So my first job, even in high school, I made sandwiches. Even younger than that, I would at the uh, softball fields, they'd have the little hot dog stand that was in the middle and I was making hot dogs and that. And then making sandwiches at a brand on the West Coast was my first real job. And then I remember my first serving job, I was working at Denny's and it was $1.99 grand slams and I'd worked the late shift. And so you didn't make very much money because you're getting tips on $2 entrees, but it was fun. So that was my very first like serving job. So I've been in the restaurants since I was 15. I'd ride my bike to the sandwich shop to make sandwiches and on through. So I've always been passionate about people communing around food and connecting. You know, you and I've had a few opportunities to commune around food and that's where it started. And then in college, I started working the help desk in after school to make some extra money. Ultimately, I'm the only arts five children that is in the business still today. All of us have worked there, but all of them got away except for me. But I'm really, really passionate about what I get to do. Are you still trying to get away or are we, are we given up? 
Uh, we're not going to talk about that uh, during the recording. No, absolutely. I love what I do. I love the customers we get to engage with. I love the partners we get to engage with. And genuinely, I tell my wife when I have bad days, she looks at me and goes, you wouldn't do it any other way. So just yeah. shut up and go get back to work and go take care of a customer. So That's a smart wife. I love that. You're <laughs> yeah. one of our most important point of sales partner. You know, For anyone who doesn't know about CBS Northstar, how do you describe it? Who is CBS Northstar perfect for? Like, uh, I would love your own words there. So we started our legacy. Obviously, we didn't start right in Access 97 databases, but we started as a reseller of a nationally known brand called PosiTouch. We became a pretty influential reseller on the West Coast and grew that business. And then quite frankly, in the late 90s, we had a vision to build our own point of sale and had always considered it. And it was never the right time or never the right product. You know, we'd, we'd get busy selling PosiTouch and supporting PosiTouch. And at one point I was walking around a trade show and I happened to run into a former customer who had left one of the brands that we had worked with. And it was the co-CEOs. They were walking around a trade show trying to learn they were on to their next venture and they said, hey, we'd love to see what you guys are doing. What are you guys up to? And so ultimately that was the vision for what Northstar would turn out to be. Omni-channel point of sale solution that solved the problems of what restaurants had dealt with for years in a multi-unit environment. So we built it multi-unit first, we built it omni-channel first. So those were the two mainstays. And then the third piece that was really, really critical to what we did is, is we wanted to make sure that customers own the data. It yeah. was their data. They should be able to get access to it however they want, whenever they want, however they need to. And and we shouldn't be the gatekeepers to decide what their tech stack needs to be. And so those three things have been paramount since, quite frankly, even since before we built our own technology stack. But that's kind of the core of our tech stack and kind of why we built it and where it came from. I love that. I love when companies are founded because of trying to solve the actual problem because you keep on hearing from the customer. And that's what it sounds like uh, happened with CBS Northstar. Absolutely. And even getting into software development, it came from PosiTouch not being able or not being willing to do what our customers needed. So we would meet with customers in these QBRs. We'd sit with them and we'd say, Bill, you're asking me to get this labor report. And we'd go get the specs. We'd build it all out. We'd call PosiTouch and say, hey, this customer wants this. They go, well, we're not going to do it. And so, well, the customer really wants it. And at the time, there wasn't this proliferation of tech. And so we said, okay, well, how hard would it be to go get that data? And so we said, well, if you can give us this export file, we'll go build the report for you. So that's what actually started our software development. It was just a one pain point, not an entire... It was one pain yeah. point, and it was a point solution to solve a labor problem that a customer was having. And then that labor problem turned into, well, I need sales data and labor. And so that attached to PosiTouch, and it was sales and labor. And then we need to be able to do corporate menu management, because there was no way at the time to do corporate menu management. So we built a corporate menu management platform. Then they said, hey, we need a digital recipe book to get recipes into the kitchen. We built a digital recipe book where you know you can distribute your recipes from the corporate office. Product is called North Star Recipe Viewer. We've got it running in thousands of restaurants across the country. So these all came from pain points and quite frankly, talking to customers and understanding what they needed and why they needed it. And then handing them a solution or a proof of concept. And then they said, yeah, we'll pay you for that. And then it just turns into more and more. I love it. I love it. Which of some of your logos do you eat at more often than not that you're able to? I eat at BJ's a lot because nice. I have four children. And yes. when you have four children, you have to go to the no veto places to eat out a lot. So, you know, I need to be able to say, okay, all six of us can go there without a problem. So I eat at BJ's probably more than any of the other brands that we work with. And again, then depending upon the rest of the mix, if my wife is with us, we'll go here. And if my oldest is there, so depending upon the rest of the mix, and we love Torchy's mutual client that we work with. My youngest is a big barbecue person. So Heart Ate Barbecue here in, in the Dallas metro area. I'm really, really popular barbecue place. She loves it and loves to go there, as does my son. But my one son is not vegetarian, but 
primarily, I mean, it doesn't need any meat. And so when he's there, he'll either veto or he decides he's staying home. So it always depends on uh, what the occasion is and who's with us because of the kids. You mentioned you're your father of four. And I grew up in the industry as a busboy, starting at 17 for a long time. And then eventually got into corporate just like you. But I learned so much on the floor. You know, any plans on uh, giving them some of this amazing knowledge you have picked up from the restaurant world? Absolutely. So two things. One, we have something called car talks. And I got it too when I was with Art, you know, driving around in the summertime. He would drive a stick shift and he'd be on the cell phone and I have to shift with my left hand. And so he'd then say, oh, you heard me talk to this customer. Do you see how I dealt with this? So my kids all very much have heard, whether it's the really good conversations with customers, the hard conversations with customers, the good conversations with employees, you know, the challenging conversations with, with employees. They've dealt with all of that. The one story that I like to tell, and I think it's quite funny, is my daughter is a sophomore in high school now. Our local high school that she goes to has a culinary program. So she has asked a lot of questions and has actually represented the restaurant technology guys to her culinary class, talked about why technology is such a key part of, of running a restaurant nowadays. Just this week, they went on a field trip and she went over to a local office building that had a catering department and did catering and had a full suite to help customers out. And she's like, it was so cool. And she's like going through all of this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, babe, this is what I do. And so my second son was just talking to me yesterday about, he's like, so dad, do you think once I get my license in six months, I can get a job waiting tables and, and serving? I think it'd be really good at starting at the host. And I'm like, I absolutely, let's go. And so we've got a couple of restaurants here in town that I live in that, that are that are customers of ours. And I promise you, he will be waiting tables. And my daughter actually wants to as well. I actually think everybody in the United States should work in the service industry at some point in their life, because I just think the world would be a very different place. Yes. And you know, I read a stat, which is half of all first job in America is usually a service industry job. So thank God for that and more of that, please. Right. So absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. I think yeah. the world is definitely a different place because of that. Yes. So in 2012, you started the, the Restaurant Technology Guy podcast. And I was telling you offline that I listened to it on Saturday and I'm inspired by it. Our show is inspired by what do you do. My goal for this was, let's say some of it was promotional material, but a lot of it was to learn and to meet people from the industry and ask questions I would ask even if the cameras were not on, right? Uh -huh. So that's my goal, but I would love to hear your goal and this amazing platform you've built. Funny enough, I was just telling somebody else earlier today that same deal. And so for me, it's two parts. One, I get the privilege to talk to people like you, to, to talk to people like people that are on your board about amazing things that are going on within the industry. And we've got a team of 80 or so employees that if I don't publish it somewhere, I've got to have that conversation 80 times to get them into the conversation to understand and be able to think like we do, to be able to act like we do, to be able to talk to clients like we do. And so that's really where it started is I said, you know what, how do I take what I've already been given and give it away so that I can help others. And then quite frankly, and I would do that on a regular basis. I would hold these town hall lunches at the office building and I'd sit down and I'd, people we'd talk about, why are you gonna do third party delivery? Why are you gonna do an online ordering integrated solution? Why are you gonna do this? Why are you gonna do that? And I would have these conversations with them. And then I got to thinking, you know what? We've got more distributed workforce. How do I make that happen? Then the second thing and why it got really accelerated is, is there was so much pain during the pandemic. I watched so many restaurants struggle that I said, you know what? I've got to get more information into the heads of these restaurant owners because you know what? It is hard. It is really hard to run a restaurant. And there's and and so because of that, how do I take again what I've been given and create the privilege for them to be able to learn from it for free by just listening to a YouTube video or a you know a podcast for 45 minutes once a week? 
That's amazing. I actually don't do that well. I think what I'm going to do is, what did this call mean to me? And share that with my team. And I think I'm going to start doing that because that's such a great use case for this platform. So that's a great, great idea. Thank you for sharing that. And then the benefit for me, similar to you, is, is I have gotten to talk to some people that I'm like, how did I get in a room with this person? How did I learn about this technology that I didn't even know existed? I'm feeling that right today. now. I'm feeling that yeah. right now. So there you go. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, any guess, any uh, standout guess that comes to mind? Not favorite, I won't say favorite, but any guess that you're like, I think about this conversation often. I had a conversation with Phil Crawford, a mutual friend that we both know, and I've known Phil for a number of years. I knew Phil back when he was at Yard House, and he and I have known each other in the industry, and he's a very visionary type technologist. In our world, there's technologists that are tacticians, and then there's technologists that are visionaries, and I do believe that Phil gets it. Somebody that sits on your board. I loved having a conversation with Siebes. Christopher Siebes was somebody that I have competed with for many, many years. Didn't have much of a relationship. We'd see each other at trade shows and we would compete, but he was always so genuine. And the more I've gotten closer to him and gotten to know him, the more wisdom he's got there. And uh, anybody that knows Siebes, um, he had his vape that it, we would pause the camera so he could vape off camera and uh, and take a sip from a glass of wine because yes. it, was, it was recorded late in the day. And uh, But it was fantastic. And you know what? He was awesome. And then probably the third one that I would say is I have been so inspired by three of the last podcasts that I've had with Voice AI. It is amazing to hear where that technology is going. And I'm just geeking out on it saying, you know what? I didn't think there was such a world that was going to be possible. But the more I look into it, the more I'm like, that's coming. And I think we're at the renaissance age of all of that AI technology that's going to ultimately change the way my kids learn. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to look up all of them. Uh, my favorite was the conversation you had with uh, Rob Meng, one of the Zaxby's franchise. Uh, yeah. I think one of the biggest one, right? Or it was. It is the biggest franchise. And how they accelerate the drive through was awesome. Rob is so full of energy. He's a really, really good dude. Yeah. And that was AI conversation as well. So I enjoyed that very much. Thanks for being a good subscriber. I like absolutely, it. Absolutely. So listen, you're pretty athletic, right? You're a baseball and soccer connoisseur, right? I That's am, the word that goes around. And you've run multiple full marathons, right? I run two full marathons and I don't know, 40 or so half marathons. That's amazing. I am a new runner. Okay, I got my Garmin watch, which is like step one, right? And I started six months ago. My VO2 max was 39. I just brought it up to 57. Good There's for no you. There's no question. I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. There's no question. But I have not done, my max run is nine miles. So I've not done even a half marathon or a full marathon. So I'm just so excited to uh, make it happen. At least do a half this year. But tell me how you got into running. And I would just love to hear about, were you always like this? Were you always like, let's go ahead and do hard things or... Go ahead. No, it was a health scare. So at one point, again, you and I talked about it off camera is I'm in the restaurant industry. So I'm constantly in eating food with restaurants and hanging out and commuting around a table with different people. And so my weight had gained quite a bit. My wife had just had our second kid and I went for my annual physical and had extremely high blood pressure. This was 14 years ago, 15 years ago. So I was in my early 30s and it was abnormally high to the point that they actually thought I had leukemia. They thought I had leukemia. I had to do a bone marrow biopsy. They just, they were like, there's something wrong with you. And my blood pressure was just too high. And I have been, I actually just um, started reading Peter Atiyah's new book. And I don't know if you're a Peter Atiyah fan, but yeah, he's got a I new have. book. That's one of my two heroes of health right now for the okay. last six months. And Huberman, I'm, I'm sure is the other one. I would guess. Huberman is the other one. Yes. I got, <laughs> I, I got my, I got my aura ring. I got my garment. I got my eight sleep. I'm sold. AG okay. green. I got my day habit that I do. Look but at you. I got my insight tracker. I'm a consumer of their stuff, man. I'm buying everything they're selling. I love it. So 
for me, my philosophy is preventative medicine is so much better than taking pills and, and such. And again, I brought up Peter Tia because I think he's that same way. And so I said, you know what? I said to the doctor, I said, what do you think it is? He goes, I really don't know. I think there's something biological. I think there's something going on with your family history. I said, well, I'm going to go just start being better with my health. And I ended up losing 70 pounds. Wow. In like wow. Six I, I got to um, see it before and after at some point. So I was, you know, I was up over 250 and I got down to 185. And so I just, I said, you know what, how am I going to do this? And then as you've started to probably learn, there's a point after maybe the first mile where you're like, this feels good. Like in the beginning, you're like, this sucks. And almost every time I get on the treadmill or anytime I go out to run, it sucks. The first mile, first half a mile, it's very, very rarely like super euphoric. But after about a mile, you get into this cadence and um, it's kind of my meditation. I'm not a sit down on the couch and meditate, sit down on the ground kind of meditator. But for me, it turned in a very meditative state and I could think about the business and I could think about my family. I could think about my kids. And so that was really, really helpful for me. And I set a goal to run a marathon. It's always been on my bucket list. I have a written bucket list that I've had for a long time. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna go run a marathon. And then once I did one, it was like, ah, we're gonna do another one. I love it. I love it. I did a insight tracker. That's uh -huh. the most important thing I did, which is blood work. And I saw my biomarkers to see where there's issues. That inspired me more than anything else. And it's like, it's gamified. So you fix it, right? And that's been the beginning of my health journey six months ago. I want to go do that as well as what's the other scan where you do the full body scan. You know, there's um, a guy, Shervin. Shervin. Yes, no, I, I heard you talk about him on the, and so he's also on my YouTube watch history. He's he, amazing. He, he's worse than you are with the amount of apps and the amount of he's, devices he, he's, he's got. He's definitely worse. He's definitely worse. <laughs> he is, but he lives in New York. You should connect up with him. I should connect with him. When I posted, he wrote back actually on oh. that message and he is really inspirational because you know what it is? You know, I did not have a health care, but I wanted to start early so I could be a better leader. Like I'm not inspired by living longer right now because I'm 32. I'm sure I'll start in a few years. I'm inspired by how can I be a better leader and so to watch someone also, you know, a little bit on the younger side and see how much he takes it seriously was inspiring as well. And, and folks like talking to like others from the industry, Savneet from Par, yourself, and just other folks who are, you know, having these conversations. Because of Savneet, I just did a calcium test to see the effect of stress. So it's been awesome that we're all talking about it. Quite frankly, I may ping you offline to go figure out those, because uh, I've not yet taken that next step, but it's on my list to go do the, a DEXA scan is what it was. DEXA scan, I've done that. The one I'm, I want to go get. I want to go get a DEXA scan. And I say it to my team, like they will say to me, how do you do it? I watched your last six months and how much travel you've had. The only way you can do it is to take care of yourself first. Take care of yourself. It's to take care of your health. It's to drink water. It's to get good sleep. It's to work out so that you have the energy to do these things because without it, there's no way. I, I mean, I'm in my mid forties, but I'm healthier now. And I'm, I have more energy now than I did even before I lost all the weight. So this is the healthiest I've ever been. I've yeah. never been healthier. So it's amazing that we're on this journey and we definitely have to talk offline. We can exchange more information. Absolutely. So we talked about some of our uh, health heroes, right? We talked about Peter Tia, Huberman. Who are some of your business heroes? Because, you know, you, you know, you were Nations Restaurants News, powerless top industry leader. And I think that's a big deal. And I, all I know about people who have done great things, such as yourself, is they have heroes and folks they read about and consume information about. Anyone you want to call out? I mean, at the risk of sounding corny, I do look up to my father because he started literally from nothing. You know, he was raised in central Jersey, very, very poor, and he built up a fantastic business. And he's somebody I look up to and have learned quite a bit from him. There's some people that are customers of ours that I've learned a lot from. There's a guy that became a really good friend of mine. He got to a pretty senior level at the Cheesecake Factory. and. He taught me a lot. He became a really good friend and his name's Rob West. He actually works for One Dine now and fantastic human being, great guy. And he and I have had some really, really hard conversations about the things that happen 
there's always been mentors that have been ahead of me. For me, I always look at those people that are ahead of me. There's guys, Steve Weltman, this guy, Steve Andrakos that work for our business. When I was in your age or a little bit younger that were in their fifties and, you know, they kind of put their arm around my shoulder and go, all right, kid, let me show you. Gene Harrison's another one. I don't know if you know Gene. Gene's been in the industry. He was one of Microsoft's first 20 employees, you know, many, many years ago. He worked for us for probably a good 12 or 13 years. He's in his uh, early 80s now. He is another one of those people where, you know, you had to take 50% of what he said with a grain of salt, but the other 50%, there was such gold in it about how to take care of a customer and going the extra mile and, and doing those awesome things. So Gene was always also, again, one of those people that I really looked up to. I'm also a voracious reader. I mean, I read now through Audible more, but I have... Uh, on the Restaurant Technology Guys podcast, I publish my recommended reads list, which is all of the books that I would recommend to people read when they want to get into leadership and growth. I mean, I constantly am adding to that list. And at some point, I'll do both podcasts and some text descriptions of those things because I do believe that readers are leaders and leaders are readers. So that to me is important. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I'm shocked you didn't mention a certain someone you were born at the same hospital with, you know, oh, yeah. Bruce uh, Springsteen. <laughs> I, I would have started with that, but you're a humble man, more humble than <laughs> yeah. I Yeah, Springsteen's fun. So yes, I was born in Jersey. So just a little bit south of where you're at in New York. And I spent summers in Jersey, but I was Freehold Memorial Hospital in Freehold, New Jersey. is the same hospital that Bruce Springsteen was born. I've gotten the privilege of seeing him, I don't know, probably 20 times over my wow. lifetime. Wow. Um, so I actually got to meet him and his wife when they opened Staples Center in 2001. Oh, wow. So amazing. I was backstage. I was working at Staples Center. We'd put in technology for the Staples Center. And I walked backstage and I walked into his dressing room and said hello to him and his wife after the show. It was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. That's amazing. Jeremy, thank you so much for hanging out with us, for talking to some of our viewers and for being a incredible guest and you're equally as good as a host so uh, you know i encourage everyone to go ahead and go to your podcast the restaurant technology guys but thank you so much for spending some time with me really really means a lot awesome well i appreciate you having me and uh, we'll have to return the favor and have you come hang out on the show uh, sometime in the near future once you can get done uh, get done traveling and be back in your studio this is all a coup so i can get on your podcast this is all, <laughs> oh whatever we made this up uh, you're always eight welcome. months you ago better. eight months ago uh <laughs> so so thank you so much i really appreciate it